In the name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. This morning, much of the rest of the church is celebrating the feast day that actually is today. We are bending the rules ever so slightly this morning. Ever so slightly. Because if you know me well enough by now, you know I don't really do that. But a little bit, we're bending the rules this morning to hear the story of Epiphany. Today is actually the baptism of the Lord. So it should be a day that we're hearing that story, which is always a little jarring for me, truthfully, right after Christmas. He's just a baby, and then all of a sudden, here we are at the baptism. It's sort of like pressing fast forward. And for me, and I think for us, as we talked about it as as a staff this year, it just felt right to hang on to the Christmas story a little bit longer, which is what we're doing. We still sort of look like Christmas this morning. And part of that, I think, is because I, I sort of just love this story to begin with. I love kind of the majestic, mysterious nature of these wise men from the east who see a star in the sky and they drop what they're doing and they travel long distances to go see a child that they're not sure exists, but they have heard about in a prophecy. Sounds like the makings of a good movie in a lot of ways. But there are a couple of really important things in this text this morning. And one of them is the prophecy that's right in the middle of the gospel passage. These words originally come from the prophet Micah, who was an 8th century prophet. And if you have ever read any of Micah's other words, um, the book is a challenging one. There's a, there's a lot in there. Of, of Micah calling Israel back to faithfulness in, in some really visceral and, and difficult ways. There are some good one-liners that we like to pull out. Micah's very famous for that, that quote about walking humbly and loving God, Micah 6.8. It's very famous. But otherwise, it's a, it's a tricky, tricky book. And so it's interesting that this particular prophecy is pulled out and lifted up about Bethlehem. It does tell us something interesting about the place where Jesus is born. We often talk about it as the city of kings because kings were born there like King David. The the legend and the myth of that spanning across generations. But what's really interesting about it is that even though it was the city of kings by now, by the time that Jesus comes along, it's kind of viewed as a backwater, tiny little place that there was really no reason to go. No one cared very much about Bethlehem. And no one thought that anything good could really come out of Bethlehem. And so it's sort of fascinating that Micah promises that not only is something good going to come out of them, he actually says, from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. A ruler, a shepherd, someone who will keep the flock the whole people of God, safe. Now Herod, we know, saw this prophecy as well. He sent his scribes and his priests digging, which is why he wants the wise men to come back and tell him all about it. When did you see this star? Where is this child going to be? When you find him, come and tell me. You can almost hear his voice kind of dripping with the fear, right? with the paranoia that he might lose his own power and his own position. And yet we hear at the end of the text that God intervenes yet again 
to protect this little fragile family, this little fragile story. God gives the wise men a dream and warns them to go another way. And so they avoid Herod and keep the child safe. So there are lots of pieces to this story of Epiphany, but a couple that we're going to focus on this morning about seeking and finding, this desire to go and find Jesus, to sort of leave things behind, the trust that it takes to do something like follow a star. Surely some people thought that was a little ridiculous. There's this theme of something good coming out of the unexpected, something maybe even the best thing, not just a good thing, but good news, good surprises coming from the place where we least expect them. And, and then last, this idea that God intervenes, that God comes to us in messages and in dreams to send help, to send guidance, to help us along the way as we are all on that journey of sort of seeking and traveling and trying to do the right thing and live good lives. It seems sort of like a mysterious and far-off text to begin with, but when you break it down, it's really not all that foreign. So there's something that we're going to do this morning that I don't think, I'm not, I don't think you've ever done. I've asked a couple of people. You've certainly not done it with me. Our Presbyterian brothers and sisters do it almost, or they used to do it almost every year. I don't know if they're doing it this morning or not. But there's a custom that goes along with this day, along with these themes of seeking and God's intervention and good things coming out of unexpected places. It's a custom called Star Words, not Star Wars. I know that's hard with my mask on. Different than Star Wars, Star Words. Has anyone ever heard of that? Have you done it before? Good Episcopalians that you are. Look at you. We're going we're gonna to try it anyway. It's a little... It's a little outside of our comfort zone, but I'm going to ask you to just kind of give it a shot, and we'll see. So the custom works this way. On Epiphany, when we're talking about stars and seeking and signs and God's intervention, everybody receives a word. And it's a random word that's meant to act sort of like your star for the year, like a guide or a companion in the new calendar year as you seek Jesus and fulfillment and new life and all the things that we hope for ourselves and for the people we love as a new year begins. It's a really common practice in other parts of the church. And it's, and it's sort of a, an interesting way, I think, to start the year. So in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you up. You can't see them from where you're sitting, but there are a number of cards on the altar, face down, and your job is to come up and pick one. No, no, like looking and putting it back. Okay, there's no trading. These are not baseball cards either, right? So you get what you get. And you may not like it, and that's okay. I actually have a bunch of friends who will tell you that they, they occasionally get a word that they're almost like frustrated and offended by. Like, I don't need to work on this. What it, you know, this, this is not my issue. And then by the end of the year, they find that if they really do it, if they keep it with them, they sort of grow and they stretch and they realize that actually maybe there was something to that. Now, obviously, this exercise requires a little bit of trust and a little bit of humility and a little bit of imagination and, and to imagine that God is actually offering you something in this word, 
even if it doesn't feel right. Now listen, the word can be just yours. You don't have to share it with anyone. You don't have to tell anyone what it is. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. It might be funny. You might decide actually that you want to, <laughs> but you don't have to. And, and the real sort of hope of this exercise is that the word that you pick becomes like the star that will help lead you just a little bit, just another couple of steps on your road of faith. If you are joining us online, because some people will, feel free to put a comment in the, in the Facebook chat there and I will send you a word later or you can go ahead and send me an email if you want to do it in a more private way. I'll send you a word there too. And just like the folks who are here in person, it's going to be completely random. So you get what you get. There is no trading. It sort of defeats the purpose, right? And so then the intention is for you to carry this word with you for the whole year, or at least, you know, for a while until you feel like you've grown out of it. But in theory, until the next epiphany and to let it be your companion to let it guide you a little bit as you work toward Jesus and toward a new life in this new year. And like the Magi who follow the star, not really knowing what's ahead of them, not really knowing what they're about to find, but sort of blindly trusting in God and the stars and the hope that their relationships and their experiences will continue to guide them, we too sort of enter into a new space in this part of the year together. It's not just about the calendar year, though, of course, for, for most of the rest of the world, that's a big part of it. But as we come out of Christmas and into, the, into new church seasons and start to move toward Lent, things shift for us. And it's true, too, that in our life together, as we move toward the annual meeting on the first Sunday in February, that we're also moving into a new sort of church year and a new life here together. So there's, there's a lot of newness that this word might, might just be helpful with. So we're gonna give it a try this morning. And in a couple of months, you can tell me what you think. I don't wanna hear about it on the way out. I want you to try it and tell me what you think after that, okay? If the walk feels like it's gonna be difficult for you, if you can take the ramp if you like, or you can send up a buddy to pick for you. But again, no picking like looking at it and picking, right? If you're going up to pick for your spouse, you don't pick up two and say, I like this one better, here's yours, okay? Just saying, let's be fair. Any questions about that? You can come up any way you like. Andrew's gonna play a little seeking and traveling music for us. They're just on the altar. I'd suggest that you come up behind the altar. Don't fight with the flowers. Just come up and around and pick your card, okay? Come on up. You're all very good sports. Chris, are you gonna keep that there all year? <laughs> I might take it home, put it on the fridge, put it in your wallet, put it in your purse, put it somewhere where you're gonna see it. But if you really wanna put it on your head like Chris, I, that's fine. You'll see it every time you look in the mirror. Please stand. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 